Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I'm the host of this daily podcast, and it's primarily about music and creative culture in London. Off the top, my next live show is on Tuesday, the 20th of August, at Road Trip and the Workshop on Old Street. There'll be music from myself, Izzy, Kin Soul, and Rose White and Jack. That is Tuesday, 20th of August, for Saddest Night Out Live number three. Road Trip and the Workshop on Old Street. Free entry. Go to facebook.com forward slash saddest night out for more details. Today's episode. I am speaking to Danny and Duncan, two members of the band See Through Hands. They were playing at Paper Dress Vintage in Hackney last night. It was their first show in London. And I was first made aware of this band by my friend Phil, who I went to university with in Huddersfield. He lives in Manchester. He saw them there and told me this band is great. They are playing a show in London soon. You should definitely check them out. And hey, maybe you'll even get them on the podcast. So by Jove, that's exactly what I did. I reached out to them on social media. They were kind enough to reach back. And here we are. So this is me talking to Duncan and Danny from the band See Through Hands. Enjoy this chat. I know I did. And I really hope you do as well. And I'll catch up with you more afterwards. I'm in the beer garden of Paper Dress Vintage, a venue I haven't been to for a while. But I'm talking to a band who are playing their debut show in London, I believe. Yes. And I have a friend in Manchester who's kind of on it with what's happening, to (laughs) to borrow my dad's phrase, with music. And he said, this is a band definitely worth checking out. And they were kind enough to talk to me today. So would you kindly introduce yourselves to the listeners? Uh, Hi, I'm Duncan. I do vocals and a bit of guitar and various other stuff. Write some songs and that. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, my name's Danny, and I'm the bass player in this particular band. Mm. So this is my first time meeting any of you. I haven't even seen you on a stage before. Okay, right. How many people are in See Through Hands? Right. So there's six of us, um, which is the exact amount of people you have in a band if you never want to make any money. <laughs> yeah. And then we bring along Andy, our sound engineer, as well, because it's just you know, if you're heading out of town, you've got your own guy. Yeah. Top tip, like, it's handy to have someone who knows what you meant to sound like. <laughs> Off the top with the advice, that's, that's why I chose you guys yeah, to talk yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, if there's six, if it's a six piece band, how you sound really matters that much more than just your typical two guitars bass. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's not because there's a lot of synths and stuff. So, like, if someone's going to mix you like a sort of traditional rock band, quote unquote, then it's not going to work for us. You know, it's very groove orientated, kind of danceable, we like to think. <laughs> so, yeah. You said you kind of drew a line that you're not a traditional rock band. Have you been in traditional rock bands before? Uh, no, well, we were in, we were in a band previously together, me and Duncan Silver Club. I was in an early incarnation of that band, and we did go through about I think a six month period where we transformed into a traditional rock band. Yeah, Three we, we kind of went from being right. synthy to then being like the Stooges with synths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But it was like. Yeah, we didn't stay there long. No, no, we? no. It was like and then the whole first. thing fell apart. So yeah, yeah. Like, I think yeah. just that we've, we've, we've got quite, quite wide influences. You know, we're not yeah. just like there's obviously a very strong rock thing going on, especially with Tommy and his like shredding. So uh, well, he can shred, but he's banned from playing power chords. Yeah. so that's why we're not rock. <laughs> yeah. We're more like funk and synth. Yeah, so like, ju- you know. just to explain, that's Tommy, our guitarist, who's um, he's like a really talented guy. He's, and he also play. brings 
heavily brings down the average age of the band, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well. so there's a, there are previous incarnations of what. Yeah, this is. I mean, there was like, but we had a band called Silver Club, and then Danny was in an early version of that, and then by the end of that, we were doing like sort of hour-long sets with no gaps of like really dance floor stuff, and it just kind of ran its course, like um, you know, the people in it. Uh, like uh, G Cut that used to do the Simpson percussion does a thing called Hexagon Blood. Uh, Henrietta that used to do Simpson vocals is now Afro Deutscher who's smashing it with like uh, sort of electro stuff. Um, Budgie's back in on drums because if you find a good drummer you keep him. Well, one that just turns up on time, man. You know, like you know. So why why did you choose Budgie then? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, there was one infamous incident uh, where we had a show in Norwich and he was meant to meet our synth wizard Gaz at the Van Hire place in the morning and just. He's always turned up for everything and he, ne- he just didn't show up. And then we finally got through to him and he was just like, tell him to wait, I'll be there in 20 minutes. But at this point, he was in Connor's Key trying to get to Stockport. It's just like, without time travel, is not possible to do it. It's like, it's 20 minutes, I've done it loads of time. I'm looking, I'm looking on Google Maps and it's like, this is like a, just about an hour if he absolutely can. Like, if with six speeding tickets, it's an hour. So we were just like, yeah. So Gaz ended up doing, being the only one that drove that whole Norwich and back mission um, which yeah so every now every time someone is late for anything now it's called doing a budgie yeah yeah but it's not so, fair to single him out really yeah but it, but it is fair because it's really funny <laughs> and it gets, it gets really wound up by it as well so it, like as soon yeah. as someone you know like it's like if you kids and you give someone a nickname and they and they absolutely hate it then they're going to be still it's getting called that, that shit when they're exactly. 40 like it's like <laughs> you just, it just is what it is so how much time passed between the previous bands you were in and this one? Uh, a couple of years, I reckon. Pretty much two years, because I, I kind of decided I wasn't going to do band stuff for a bit. Worked with uh, Maceo Plex on his record, co-wrote some of that. Uh, worked with a few other people as well. I've got a guy called Freddie B in LA I do stuff with. And then I was kind of like accidentally found myself writing songs for a band and then accidentally found I had like 50 or 60 of them and whittled it down to like I'm quite brutal with my selection so I was like right well these are the best 10 and at that point I started sort of just like kind of put the feelers out to see if Danny would ever be willing to be in a band with me again because which, it was, I, which I wasn't of course yeah. but then but then I yeah but then, then his wife called me yeah. and I was like Danny's waiting for the call I was just like oh <laughs> No, why, my why wife told me I had to do it. She was like, you must do this. You must do this. <laughs> Don't do me, Sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry. So, you must do this, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, so, he was back in. And uh, I spoke to Gaz, who done, he did some stuff with Sarconical and other bits on Twisted Nerve. He works with Andy Votel's labels quite a lot. And I'd always loved his stuff. And he was always the guy I would send stuff to. And he would tell me it sucked. And like other people, you'd send him stuff, they'd be like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, yeah, whatever, like, tell me what's wrong with it. And he was always good for that. And then I sent him these tracks, and he was just like, they're really good. And I was like, well, really? Like, I wasn't ready for it. And, yeah. I, and I was just like, okay, so what size cape are you? And he sounded really confused. He's like, what the hell are you talking about, man? I was just like, well, I need a synth wizard. So, like, he was literally said, well, it'll get me out of the house. So he's been back in, because he's not really done live shows for years. So got him back in, and it's just kind of, you know, we started writing bits together there. 
and it's, it's sort of become less my project and more a collaborative thing like Becky came in on vocals uh, obviously we, I found Tommy at a jam session uh, and I've, I've been to one jam session in like eight years or something and he happened to walk in. I knew everyone else there and this kid walked in and got on the bass and slayed it I was like who's that kid no one knew who he was went out for a sig and I could hear this guitar playing super funky really like you know inventive stuff and I was like well who's that now I popped my head back and he just swapped over and I was just like I'm getting this guy's number Yeah. so he finished and I went straight over and I was like I've got this band and I was kind of a little drunk <laughs> and, and like you need to be in it so I'm going to send you some stuff and he just kind of like he looked at me and at the time he was he'd, he'd kind of just started at college in Manchester and he's just like but, 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 but I'm only 18 I was just like dude I couldn't give a fuck if you're 18 or 80 if you play like that you're in so <clears throat> I left there and got home and basically had a couple more drinks and was just like, oh, this guy thinks I'm such a weirdo, like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. And then I got an email at, like, two in the morning going, like, connectivity is my jam, G, when do we start? And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, as soon as you want, and he says, like, here's a track I've done, and I heard it, and it was, like, absolutely amazing. I was just like, I was thinking, like, can, you, can I join your band? <laughs> so we did that. Wow. Uh, you know, he got involved at that point, and it's just... It's been just been quite easy, you know. Like it, 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 it's all gone pretty smooth. Well, touch wood, pretty smoothly. Yeah, relatively so smooth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as smooth as it could. Like we, you know, we got endorsed by endorsed by. Like I mean, I put some stuff online. The first track we put up online within about three days, Bootsy Collins was bigging it up. He was like the Don. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the funk bass player. Cool. You're doing something right. If he's yeah, the one yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just like I literally like I just tweeted it to him, and then suddenly he's like retweeting it, and I was just like, oh, okay, like the SoundCloud players have gone nuts. Yeah, people are interested. So he was involved, like bigging it up pretty early on. The guys from Everything, Everything, got behind it and put put us on at like a <laughs> record industry conference, and then we just mess around, like just we weren't like messing around. We were just rehearsing and trying to find the right outlet. And then Rough Dug got involved, so we're doing a 12 with his label. He's a guy that we've all, I've always loved his music, and he's got good, you know, great ambitions at this stage to kick the label onto the next gear. So, and plus, you know, he wanted to press some 12 inch. You know, I came from a house and techno background, so you always want vinyl if you can. You need to find someone crazy enough to risk the money on it. He's crazy enough, and like, they're throwing some money at PR, and there's good pe- there's good people involved, like you know. You know, I don't want to like name drop, but there's some good people sort of linked in with that label. So that's great, and it sounds like I mean you've hinted at this band being a little bit older than like you've all had previous incarnations in music. Yeah, we've all got some sort of experience. Let's yeah. put it that way. But uh, have lessons been learned from the first time? Yeah, absolutely. That made like, this basically, all we did was make fucking mistakes the first time round. Yeah, I mean, because there was so, like the people involved. Every stage of it had been really talented, but there must have been by the time, by the end of Silver Club, I think it was about forty members or something that had been. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, more drummers than Spinal Tap, <laughs> like. <laughs> six or seven other vocalists and like literally I was the only person left from the start by the last four years of it wow but you know we learned you know honestly the way I handle things early on because I, I never sang a note till I was in my mid-20s because I always thought I couldn't and my way of coping with nerves especially early on was just to get super fucking high uh, which 
you would think after a few bad gigs you would learn that that's not conducive to a great performance but I was still doing it like four or five years down the line with it um, it's something I've you know I don't do these days in terms of like you know if I'm going to turn up and do a show and everyone's in invested their time in it I'm not going to waste their time because there's really no worse feeling I know I mean, okay there probably is worse feelings yeah, than that yeah, like, but, but yeah, I don't mean in relative terms like to walk away from that show and everyone else is like why have I invested because there ain't no money in it and that, at that level unless you're getting you know sinks I yeah. think we've all just grown up a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. grown out of yeah, 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 yeah. certain stupid behaviours yeah. so we've not grown out of other kind of stupid behaviours <laughs> but the, you know we've, I think we're a bit more focused on like yeah actually putting on a good show rather than you know and like and yeah that, you know, it good. just feels better you know come away from it feeling like you've done yourself justice is good and it's like and also like you know okay like we the majority of us are like pushing into our late 30s it's kind of a wide spectrum uh, but like I've been 20 something for a long time now because and it's not strictly untrue because like 20 plus any number is 20 something yeah so we've got that and, and also like I kind of like have slightly ridiculous hair that uh, people would presume by my age you're not going to have that hairstyle so they all get, always guess me younger yeah like I got I got, I got ID for boost oh, no, within not. the last six months and I made the girl high five me also so the, like, the, make, the foundation that you plaster over your face helps <laughs> yeah. as well yeah. dude there's no foundation I wouldn't have that because <laughs> I'm someone who like part of the reason I started this podcast it's a daily thing which I do not recommend at all it's such a headache <laughs> but it's because I've been wanting to do music for a long time yeah, yeah. I turned 30 like a couple of weeks ago and this will be episode, I think, 205 of this podcast. It started as a daily thing to force me out of my procrastination. Every day I have to do something to put on the podcast yeah, yeah, that I work cool. and etc. It's good for your mental health to push yourself yeah. in that respect as well. Like, it's, it's like, you know, that's probably something that's helped me back over the years. And only sort of in recent years have I learned how to cope properly. And a lot of it is making yourself work and keeping busy. And so, I appreciate what you said about respecting your... The privilege of being on stage, you want it to be worth everyone's time. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, it's just so, like yeah. to waste other people's time. Like, like I had literally had like four or five entire bands quit and then I would still like practice the next one up and then mess it up, waste yeah. the time again. No one wants so. to become like a, like one of those like memes where the, the like the techno DJ has like gets in a K hole on stage. It's all, vid- <laughs> it's all videoed and like you know and like this the th- this is the thing you, see, you know if you're standing on a platform it's like you're representing yourself who you yeah. are you your team you're representing each other we're all we're all in it together it's just like yeah you got to put a certain amount of effort into that. Yeah. And, it's good everyone's busy and we've got stuff like you know a lot of quite a lot of the, some of the band didn't know each other when we got first got in the room and like none of us really knew Tommy the only question with him was like because he's like 20 now it was like the only question with him is, is if he was like I was at that age I'd have fired him by now yeah. definitely but he's got a really level head on him and there's also the thing as well that like he's supreme like everyone in the band is amazing but he's like a supremely talented kid and it's like no one wants to be shown up by the wonder kid <laughs> so everyone graphs you know what I mean? like, and, that, and you know no one wants none of the lads want to be too sort of like laddish knobheads in front of becky either and she's got more experience <laughs> told, you know she told the world with the pipettes so it's like we don't want to you know you've got 
people the people in it are amazing so you don't you can't take it for granted which I used to do so you know I say that like this is you know we've got time for a couple more pints yet yeah, so. no, no, I think back in the day you, you were on some sort of medication or something oh, was that, and, yeah, and, yeah, and it was it basically it was activated by if you could went near a wine gum it would make you yeah, like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like, yeah, I was on Siroxat for years, which right. is like, because I've been on various like medications for like, anxiety and depression, but that one was particularly like, I basically went on it when I was quite young. And it's like way hard to get off it. Like the side effects were crazy. Like it's one. Of I the didn't. Th- I thought I was making that up. No, it's, it's, no, it's totally right. true. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to. Oh, it's like, like a Glaxo you know, Smith like, line thing. Like yeah, I didn't. I mean, like oh, it, there was a lot of scandal about it because a lot of their studies turned out to be really dodgy. But they, I mean, they don't readily prescribe it anymore. Everything else has a bit been a bit tested a bit better. But yeah. that was definitely like a factor in how I be because you kind of it masked your problems, but the side effects were gnarly. So you only need like two pints and it's all over the fucking place. So I had yeah. uh, some Siroxat pens once. I had a whole box of Siroxat branded pens. Pen washing. <laughs> yeah, red. The pen and washing their brand. Like. <laughs> I had them for years and years. Anyway. Shit, we're, we can have to uh, we can have to sound check I think. Not a problem. Thank you both yeah. so much for your time. Yeah. 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 Absolute pleasure, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, you yeah. want to get to And that was that. Thank you so much to Duncan and Danny for your time and for a fantastic show as well. So See Through Hands are a six-piece band, primarily from Manchester. They are Danny on bass, Budgie on drums, Tommy on guitar, Gaz on synth, Duncan on guitar and vocals, and Becky on vocals. There were some previous bands that these members were each different parts of, Silver Club, Sir Conical, and The Pipettes. So it's a little bit of an Avengers Assemble situation here, and these bands coming together. And I really enjoyed this chat. I was a little intimidated upon arrival. I hadn't been to Paper Dress in a while. I haven't been to a gig in general in a while. In fact, last night I did something I haven't done in ages, which is to take the poster for the show off the wall to bring back home. So I can see here, it was the London debut of Seafood Hands, presented by Stamp the Wax. In support was Aaron L. and Harry Pepper, who were both DJs. Paper Just Vintage Hackney, Tuesday 13th of August, 7.30 until 10.30. It was a really fun night, music-wise. I still got that slight hint of anxiety, which I haven't felt in a while when you go to a show by yourself. But the music helped it ease that. It was also cool to talk to some of the other members of the band after I spoke to Duncan and Danny. And what a chat with Duncan and Danny. I wasn't sure where that conversation was going to go, because... It's been a while since I've spoken to someone in this respect. I've spoken to quite a few people at the open mic, and that's becoming a bit familiar now. This was... It's not new territory, because I've spoken to bands in this situation before, but I think it's because I haven't spoken to a band like this for a while that I... I, Again, I've gotten into that habit of trying to quickly explain to whoever I'm about to talk to what my whole podcast thing is about and give them a rough idea of what we'll talk about so they don't feel so caught like a deer in headlights. So I thought it would just be a case of who met who when, how long has the band been going, the rudimentary stuff you go through when you first meet someone. But, I mean, we did touch on that, but we also got a lot deeper, I thought. I 
really appreciated Duncan sharing his perspective on starting a band now versus starting a band when he was much younger. That there's a newfound appreciation, I don't know, maybe a maturity to his attitude. And it seems to be reciprocated in all of the members that he's accrued. Everyone else, just again, I think maturity is the best word for it. Everyone's got a much more level head to this project. And touch wood, it continues to go very well. To have Bootsy Collins shout you out, that's accolades don't get much higher than that. And in fact, I believe the quote he said is that this band, he described them as radiophonic borderline funk that makes a mother smile. Forget Grammys, that right there is like the highest award you can get, especially when you make the type of music they make. And to follow the trend of interviewing artists at gigs that I've done on this podcast, that wasn't great grammar, but let's keep going. I recorded a bit of the show to put at the end of this episode to give you, the listener, a little taste of what that show was like. And it's an interesting illustration to what I think lies at the core of Duncan's whole personality, how he comes across anyway. There seems to be equal bits, equal parts, and a 50-50 laid-back, easygoing, very approachable, really funny, just seems like a relaxed guy. There's a relaxed aura about him. And yet, when it comes to what he does, whether it's in performance or in writing, he really cares about what he's doing. Because there can be a habit of taking that relaxed attitude into the music and being very, ah, we don't really care if we mess it up, etc. And this clip I got of their show, there's an element of that laid-back attitude, but then you hear them play and you realise these folks are tight. They are serious about what they are doing. And they are really, really good at it. So thank you once again, Phil, for putting them on my radar and telling me I should go. Thank you. Yeah, you heard Duncan say on the podcast, you're on the guest list, by the way. I literally, I walked into Paper Just Vintage, went up to the, the security guy, and he asked, am I on the list? And I said, no. And I joked. I said, what I should have done is try to take a peek at the list and just claim one of the names and say, that's me. And he said, yeah, I would have believed you. And I said, but I didn't do that. So remember that I was an honest guy. And he said, okay, bought a ticket, bought a drink, some strawberry ginger bit, some strawberry lemonade thing. Then I went outside, talked to the band. And at the end, as you heard, Duncan said, you're on the guest list, by the way. So I went back to the bouncer and said, you'll never believe it. Remember how I joked about being on the guest list? Is there someone named Roy on there? And he said, Roy, saddest night out. I said, yeah, that's me. So he gave me back my cash. So thank you very much for that, Duncan. That was a very sweet gesture. And I am glad he replied to my message in the first place and agreed to talk to me. I I want to do more of this. I forgot it was intimidating because this was essentially breaking a drought of going to a show. But it was a really good time. So I, I, I want to go to more shows. But in order to go to more shows, I'd have to do less open mics. Speaking of open mics, last night was our first night in a new venue, City of Quebec. I had the wonderful joy of going there first to make sure the equipment worked okay and I had a little bit of a kerfuffle doing that but everything did work out in the end Alan and Luke were the very kind people who accommodated me and I hope last night went well it was hosted by Ant go to ukopenmic.com to check out the open mic nights that I help to run I've gotten into the habit of mentioning at the start of each of these recent episodes that I'm playing a show next week but I haven't gotten into the habit of doing more preparation for said show which is particularly silly considering all the people I've spoken to 
and how much they've all expressed the seriousness with which they approach being on a stage. And I don't know why I can't get that through my thick skull. I'm actually backed up into a very interesting corner right now in that I really need to work on music, but all of my guitars are at Caffrey Studios. So here I am at home recording this, wanting to work on music, and I physically can't. I told myself I would do that so that I'd get into the habit of going to Caffrey Studios, treating it like an office. But today in particular, I've re- it's been a particularly grey and cloudy day outside. And that's pretty much been the weather forecast in my mind as well. I was meant to go to Caffrey Studios to check out a recording session with Sydney, but I didn't. I was meant to go to Camden to interview MC Purple, but I didn't. I was meant to get in touch with Richard to maybe talk to him today, but I didn't. There are people whose music I've been learning to hopefully play with them soon, and I haven't been getting on top of that. And worst of all, I haven't reached out to these people and said, hey, sorry, I X and Y and Z happened. I'm sorry I missed out. It's been a really... I don't know what the word is for it, but just one of those days. And I'm forever... I even mentioned on this ep- on this episode conversation i am forever in a battle with the incredibly lazy version of myself who just wakes up at i don't know four in the afternoon and just goes to the open mic and barely gets by i think it's a it's also particularly lean week slash month slash year financially and i think that's taking a bit of a toll on me as well I don't know, just the stars aren't quite in alignment for me to really get things going. But it's great to talk to someone who does seem to have their stars somewhat aligned. And see-through hands definitely live up to the hype. If you get the chance, I can't recommend enough that you check them out. Tommy is a wunderkind on the guitar. (laughs) And I got to talk to Tommy a little bit. I got to talk to Budgie a bit as well. He told me that incident where he ended up running late it was the first time in 30 years that he has overslept for something he really does take his what do you call it punctuality to heart i spoke to gaz very briefly i spoke to the djs from last night aaron and harry a little bit as well not quite for the podcast and i really had to get going home afterwards as well but hopefully in the near future i might catch up with them all they are. They were They were just so good. You know the type of show that's so good you can actually close your eyes and just dance? You're not bored. You're not wondering how much time there is left. You're, you just, you're just in the moment. And I know it sounds silly me just saying it, so hopefully you enjoy the clip that I put at the end. And now seems a good time to call it one. I don't want this to be another 45-minute episode. You've all got places to go and things to do. Thank you once again to all of the members of see-through hands particularly duncan and danny for talking to me thank you to stamp the wax for putting on the show and paper dress vintage particularly that bouncer for letting me come back and get my money back once i could prove that i was on the guest list once again my next show is on tuesday the 20th of august at road trip and the workshop i don't know say a prayer for me light a candle for me or something as i really try to crack my knuckles and just get focused on finishing my songs. I started writing some lyrics to this morning, but I really don't want to be in this position once again where I'm on stage with my lyrics there because I haven't put in enough time preparing. So I will focus. I'm saying it, therefore I will do it. Tuesday, 20th of August, if you want to find out how that turns out. Otherwise, thank you all very much for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode. Take care.
Sorry, we had like we had a printer in the van on the way down and completely failed to print the set list, so I'm checking my phone occasionally. We are very pro. Half of us don't know the fucking title, so you just shout some shit and they're like, okay. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.